Coming to you from the Riverbank Studio, here's your host, Anthony Lewis, and this is the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome into the Touchdown City Podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. This podcast is co-produced with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. And joining me today in the studio, Dr. John Pennington, head coach at West Virginia State University. Did I get that right? You got it right, man. Yeah. Nailed it. Perfect. First of all, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I don't know how many times I've been on here, but I've been at a couple different locations, and uh, I just always enjoy doing it. Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully this little spot here at the Stone Church Workshop is going to be our new home. So I'm (laughs) I'm excited to – I still got to put up some of my – I've got a ton of stuff, memorabilia and things like that. I got to get up in here. Oh, yeah, uh, you could could deck this out. I guess I got to bring you some yellow jacket gear then. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put together some stuff. We just – I just came in and kind of cleaned it up yesterday and got all the trash out. But uh, it's good to have you here. And, of course, uh, for the listeners, you guys are well aware that we've been doing a series on the Backyard Brawl. And I wanted to talk to uh, John about um, his memories of playing Pitt, what it means to him being from the state of West Virginia. But first, I want to kind of get – let's talk state West Virginia State football for a second. First of all, um, you know, how's it going over there? I know Quincy – Quincy took off and went to South Beach on you, man, like LeBron. <laughs> yeah, he took his talents down <laughs> to Fort Lauderdale. But, that, you know, it's been great. We've uh, we got a lot of returners coming back. So, we this is going into year six. So, a lot of things are in place, systems, processes, things like that. And we feel great about, uh, you know, everything going forward. And, you know, it, it always – of course, it hurts losing Quincy, but it hurts because you're it, one of your best friends that you've right. been with every day for five years. So, I mean, we text back and forth, and we'll, you know, there's a couple things I need from him or he'll questions he has for me about how to do things. And um, so we, we obviously stay in touch, but it just, it's not the same just being, you know, there with your boy every single day. So that part is uh, is probably the hardest part, you know, losing losing your teammate. It's, uh, of course, we still, you know, we talk. It's like you know, like we just saw each other yesterday. Right. But, um, but we got we got some new coaches that are in that are doing a great job, and uh, I feel like our staff camaraderie is incredible. And Coach Shell George Shell is still uh, our defensive coordinator, and he's going on year six with me. Paul Price, who's been a head coach in the conference and a D coordinator for a long time, is is with us, and we just hired two new guys on offense. So we feel uh, Andrew Workman was he graduated from state and he coached with us for four years as a student. Now we hired him back, and then Ramon Lee was a star player at Glenville State, and he's just done a fantastic job. He's my co-offensive coordinator. And uh, so we got some some new blood on offense, and uh, but we've got all these systems in place, and we got eight, seven, eight starters coming back on each side of the ball. I know we've uh, – I've talked probably to you about him before. I keep singing his praises. Donovan Riddick is our quarterback. He's mm-hmm. from Richmond. He'll be a junior. He's got 15 starts under his belt, and he's, he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, if not the best. Of course, I'm biased. <laughs> I think he is. Right. So it's always good when you have a quarterback coming back and some veterans coming back on each side of the ball. So we're, we're, we're really excited. You know, if the ball bounces our way, we're going to have a year, I think, that's one of the, you know, the more memorable years in state history. Yeah, sometimes um, I know you've, you've kind of taken that thing from scratch and, and put your system in place, and you've built it. And, you know, here you are year six, and it's probably a little bit less stressful going into it now than it was in year two. 
Yeah, I think you could say that. You know, I think when you have good people around you and you, I mean, Nate Burton does an incredible job, our athletic director. I mean, it just makes it easy. I, I think, you know, it, when you build a program, to have a great program, you have to have great people. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to any program. And, you know, we've had new facility upgrades. we got the new field turf, the new lights, and the, the, the building that we're in. But uh, it's the people. It's Nate Burton. It's the whole athletic department. It's George Shell. It's all the new coaches, the players that have been in our program and our system. And, you know, we've been we've been knocking at the door, and it's time to, time to kick that thing open a little bit. But yeah. – um, but it is, you know, I, I guess the stress level is probably the same. It's just there's different things. It's, you know, you got to kind of uh, – now that Quincy's gone, I got to help a little more over here. And then you mm-hmm. got, you know, wherever there's missing pieces, that's your job as the head coach to kind of fill in, you know. But uh, I never have to really worry about the defense because George does such an amazing job so I can focus on other things. Good stuff. Well, um, obviously you, you saw – well, before we get into the pit stuff, we were kind of talking a little bit before we hit record um, – you know, we we're talking transfer portal and NIL stuff, and and you were saying even your some of your guys have NIL deals. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have um, we have three guys that have done their own deals, mm-hmm. and then well, we have a guy that does NILs for us, and they've he's gotten them three guys deals, and then we have a national deal. So anyone that signs with the guy that helps us, he's it's called B Sports. Uh, anyone that signs with him gets a national. They get product. So mm-hmm. there's a couple national brands. Uh, that have uh, done deals with us, you know, with B Sports and, and the guys that sign with him. So they, there's about 10 to 12 guys that get free product. And, yeah. you know, so we've, we're starting to get into that. And I, I think that there's – first of all, I think it's a win-win. I, I think it's a win, obviously, for – you know, you think about a D2 kid. You know, he's paying for school more than likely in some capacity. He gets some money in his pocket or gets some products or gets something to help him – uh, you know, take his girlfriend out to dinner, whatever it may be. And then, you know, they have to market themselves. You know, for, for me, as, as someone that's trying to be a mentor and, and lead these young men to be adults, uh, I, I, it holds them accountable with what they put on social media, with how they carry themselves. And I, to me, I think that's a win. Now, I, I do think that it's a slippery slope. You know, obviously, they have to uh, understand it's a contract and they have a job, they have a duty to, to fulfill. But um, you know, but that's all part of being an adult, in my opinion. So if they, yeah, if they, they're, they're going to make some mistakes, it's going to be some bumpy, uh, you know, some bumps in the road. But to me, that's, that's how you learn. And so I think the players win. I think, you know, obviously, um, you know, if you're going to advertise with, with a, I mean, if you advertise with West Virginia state football player, right, it's an HBCU, it's a D2 school. You got kids that, I mean, they're not like a division one guy that gets a check, you know, just for his meals. You know, these kids are taking out loans. I mean, you're really helping a kid out. I mean, right. I think that's a, what, what more, what better could you do in the community here in Charleston? You know? Yeah. And I think too, with, with the kids, especially in your program, this is a good opportunity, like you said, to kind of learn some responsibility and also it, it it does help them out a little bit. And so for the local businesses, don't just think about sending your money north or down to Huntington. You know, there's an opportunity right here at state so they can look up. I guess you, I don't even know how it works. I guess you just approach a player well individually they, and just go there. Or? You can do that. I mean, that we have like a, you know, we have B Sports. Oh, yeah. B E so. Sports is the name of the uh, company. It's a friend of mine. He started an LLC and, uh, they he does everything. So I mean, I'm not allowed to do anything, but he he right. brokers the deals and he contacts people from their hometown or Charleston or wherever they're from. So it's it's a you know it is good, and I think that you know in a lot of ways you know it's it's scary, and I think that's why a lot of people are like, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's change, and they they need they do need to get some parameters on it because right now it's just kind of everywhere. 
Um, but you know, I, I think you have to learn how to market yourself, you know, as in today's world, these guys in this next generation, like you're on social media. I mean, what's the first thing you do if you're going to hire somebody? You check, check out their social media, <laughs> right? So now, now you got a guy who's who's marketing himself in a positive way, and you know, hopefully they're doing it with the right, you know, products for the right reasons, right. you know. But that's all part of it. That's all part of learning, and I think that's, you know, a lot of that is the future of of what these kids are going to deal with as adults and how to market themselves. I know a lot of times people see these, you know, million dollar deals here and there, but like for the kids on on your team, this gives them a great opportunity. They can even go back to their hometown and do camps and get paid for them. Yep. That type of thing. And I think that's what the initial thought process was with NIL was to give opportunities for basketball players, gymnasts, whatever, to go back home, do camps and do things like that, put their face on a poster. Right. But of course the abuse. It's gotten exploited. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, there's also like, we have guys that don't play at all that are very marketable. They have a lot of followers on Instagram. Maybe they're a rapper. I mean, you don't have to be a great player to get an NIL deal. Like Mm -hmm. if you have someone that thinks that you're going to be marketable for them and you can wear their product and put it on social media, then they're going to probably want to sign you to a deal. Even if you don't play it down now, it helps, you know, to be a better player, but it's not like the guys that getting deals for us, it's not like they're our best players. Now we have some good ones that got deals and we have some that don't play at all that have them. So I think there's more to it than just, you know, pay for play. Mm -hmm. It's, it's marketing themselves. And that's, you know, to me, that's what we got to teach these guys, you know, how to be adults. And uh, of course there's going to be mistakes and and that's part of learning. So, but we, you know, I, I can help them and give them advice. And the guy that does the NILs for us is a a good friend of mine. So, I mean, he's, I know he's going to take care of them and help them out and not, steer him in the wrong direction he's also a lawyer and you know so there's there's a lot of protection at least in my world i feel like i can control a little bit and help him not do not do anything stupid right you know right well here we sit we're just about two months away from september 1st west virginia at pittsburgh and i'm sure i know you're you've got your head buried in institute doing your thing but i know you keep an eye on what's going on in morgantown so whenever you see Pittsburgh on the schedule, I mean, I know what was kind of like your reaction when you saw first the initial scheduling and, and it's here. Yeah, I mean, I get I got chills right now just you bringing it up. I, I think that for me, it, it, I do kind of watch from a distance. So when I saw Pitt being on the schedule, I'm like, oh, that's great. But I don't really pay a whole lot of attention. I'm like, that's years down the road. Now here it is coming up this fall. Right. Uh, and for me, it's you know, it is getting exciting. I think. You know, I, I feel like an old head when I'm like, you know, we used to have these robberies. You don't know what this is all about. And uh, so I'm talking to younger players. And, you know, so it's nice to kind of get that robbery back. And it was intense. You know, I think back on playing for Don Nealon and he played the robbery up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of, you know, he, he hated Pitt. Like it, he didn't he didn't make any bones about it. He was he was, you know, he said, be careful in the media. But he's like, I don't like these jokers and we're going to, you know, we're going to take it to him. And Rich Rod was the opposite. And you you would have thought different, you know, you would have thought Rich was going in there guns right. blazing. But he was more like, this is just another game, one play at a time. You know, that's how, you know, yeah, it's Pitt, but we can't look at it that way. It's not going to help us win the game. So, you know, as a, as a head coach now, I kind of have to, you know, UC's our rival. And, and I don't get caught up in, you know, I want our players to play for each other. You know, if, if you're if you're if you're playing for each other because you hate that team so much together, cool. I'll play that up. You mm-hmm. know, but I don't want to just be over there like you know you you know hating UC all week. Like that's not going to help us win the game. Right. So I I kind of try to do a little bit of both. And 
uh, just, you know, learning from Coach Nealon and Coach Raw and how it's interesting how each coach kind of plays it differently. Did Coach Nealon ever tell you the story about the the panther in the well and the whole deal? Have you ever heard that story? <laughs> maybe. Did, I don't know. Or is that maybe so. something he talked about? There's a story, and I've been trying to get some of the guys to recant that story, but um, there's a story that he told about a panther in the well, and I don't know. Somebody will be able to eventually – uh, spit that story back out. So maybe we may have to get Coach Nealon on him. Oh yeah, you, him, yeah, he, he's got some good stories, and he, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. And I, I can say he did. He didn't. You know, he was like, "This is a rivalry. Like we, we, I hate. We don't like them. They don't like us. Get your mind right. Get ready to go." And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I enjoyed that, and I also can see as a coach, like you don't want your guys getting you know too wrapped up in it because right. it can it can throw you off your game a little bit. Do you um, just being a kid from Charleston and obviously seeing it? Before, what do you remember from your childhood and some uh, of the West Virginia pit games? Zach Abraham's catch. You know, I, I was at my neighbor's house watching it, just going crazy. Chad Johnston hit him. It was like a – I don't know if it got tipped or just barely over the, the outstretched fingers of that defender. And then, you know, Zach ran it in, I don't know, you know, another 30, 40 yards. But yeah. I just remember jumping up and down in my friend's living room. And that whole game was wild. There was safeties and there was <laughs> – yeah. I mean, that's the one I remember. And I also remember uh, being at another friend's house watching Amos Zeraway's first carry mm-hmm. at Pitt. Uh, I know uh, our boy Crum was at at that game. I remember talking to him yeah. going to that game. We were talking about this freshman running back no one had ever heard of, and he goes 68, maybe 63. I don't yeah, remember. It was, it was something like it that. It was something like that. So I, I I remember those vividly, you know, and I, I remember, you know, playing against them. And, uh, but the, the main one was that Zach Abraham, you know, that catch was, was just incredible. After that wild game, that was at Pitt as well. It was at Pittsburgh. Right, the old bowl. I think every every – thing you could do to score in that game was the, <laughs> yeah. there were kickoffs returned i think rashawn vanderpool returned a punt um definitely a defensive touchdown somewhere somebody blocked a field goal and ran it back yeah maybe back to phony there might have been a like a blocked extra point yeah or intercepted yeah. two-point conversion or something yeah like it that. was an intercepted two-point yeah. conversion um there was blocked punt. i mean you name it it happened safeties yeah, it's like one of the wildest games. It was. Um, I've told this story before, but at the time, uh, I was in Morgantown. I was at my in my girlfriend's dorm, and kind of like, well, the well, it was Borman. So you remember how oh, yeah. low the ceilings were, and when he hit Abraham, I jumped up by the chair, my hand went to the ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those moments where you you're gonna jump up and down, and you know those are uh, you got to relish those as a Mountaineer fan, any yeah. fan. You know those are those are good times. Good, but. Um, so when you get to Morgantown, obviously Coach Nealon has his. What do you remember about those early? So that would have been two no ninety nine. Were you there? In I was there. Two thousand was my first year, okay. and I, I honestly I cannot remember if we won or lost. I don't think we beat them. We lost. Okay, I, I, up I, there, up there. I don't. Well, I didn't even travel, so I wouldn't even really know, know what was going on. I yeah, was I think they had nobody. Like, Antonio Bryant and all those guys yeah, they up had, there. They had a couple good. They were pretty good that year. Yeah, and they. I do. I remember. You know, Phil Brady's catch. Uh, not Phil Brady. Phil Braxton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, against Pitt. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, uh, I thought it was a sprint out, just smash. But I. I remember him making that catch and running. You know, and it, we knew it was a big week for him. You know, mm-hmm. you you always know when your boys got. You know, he's got a little more family in the stands. You know, it's his hometown and it's a rivalry and. You know, him and Rashid both being from Pittsburgh to see that connection. I remember that moment. We had the white pants. I think we were wearing all white. Yeah. You know, and I remember that. Which was rare in the time. Yeah. 
and he took the ball. I think he kind of took the ball away from the defender. Like you didn't know if it was going to be complete. Yeah, I watched. Actually, I went. So I just we just released that show, and I went back and watched it. Where she got blitzed and kind of, and he scrambled a little bit and put a move on a guy, and uh, I guess Phil was on the right side of the field and kind of ran a deep post. And, okay. And he hit him in stride. It was a great pass from Rasheed, great catch. And what I always laugh about, and I, I remember noticing it that day, and we kind of laughed about it when we brought it back up, is if you remember, Phil was running towards the scoreboard and he was watching himself on the video board. Yeah. Well, there was a delay. Oh, yeah. And the guy almost caught him. Because he thought he was gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, So he actually tips the back of his heels. And, right at the end. Yeah, right yeah. as he crosses in. So. What I also, I, I don't I don't know if it was that game or not, but there was like a, a, a reverse pass from Danny Embick to, to Rashid. Rashid on the left sideline, on the visitor sideline, and then we it was set up a score. It might have been the same game. Yep, same game. And then Phil, you know, kind of put him away. So that was pretty cool. That play we had practiced. I've run that play at State probably four times. I think we're about one for four on that. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't always. The trick plays don't yeah, always yeah. work, but – it was a good one. That was um, – so we've – you know, we talked about that game. That was the game that um, was supposed to be the, the the winning – if you won, you went to the Gator Bowl. Yeah. And and that was kind of, um, you know, the, the letdown was you ended up in Charlotte. That so. was – yeah, that's right, because that was 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, finished second in the Big East. And Notre Dame, I think, got the invite to go play NC yep. State in, in Jacksonville. But – I don't know. I got my fill at Jacksonville the next two years after that. I don't know <laughs> yeah. about you, but I was burned been out. <laughs> been there as a fan, been there as a player twice, fan twice, player twice. Yeah. yeah. I was burned out by the end of all that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just remember, and then I'm thinking the next year, 03, that was a big, that would have been, well, that was the, the year that your senior year, right? It was my junior year. Junior year. Mm-hmm. That's right, because you came back in 04. You were in Rashid's group. Yep, you we were the exact same age. Moving through together. But the 03 game was a big showdown because I think they were ranked like 15th or 16th. Yeah, somewhere in the in the middle teens. Right, and of course yeah. they had Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, and I, 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 one of the things that, you know, I, I always kind of found a way to hate any team we were playing, you know, mm-hmm. Syracuse or Boston, you know, I hated Syracuse because uh, Marvin Graves threw, you know, threw a ball at a guy out right. late on a sideline. So I hated him. I remember the the players from out of state would always be like, you hate every team we play. Like, you know, <laughs> I had some reason as a fan or whatever. Right. Uh, and, and, but when we went to Heinz field, right. And we're going, I mean, you know, I've, I've been called a redneck. I've been called, you know, plenty of things, hillbilly, but it, to me, it was like, you're, you're, 50 miles away mm-hmm. like you're literally right beside us <laughs> you yeah. know then the way that they talk to us and you get talked like that anywhere you go right but it was like the hatred it was so strong and it was like you're right next door to us like you're there's no you're not any different so that that always bothered me you know even uh, uh i never really listened to the fans but i remember that vividly thinking like these guys well they're mostly guys i was like these guys are idiots you know <laughs> i always say that you know in pennsylvania they've got pittsburgh philadelphia and they have Alabama in between. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's, it's like, there's, it's not, I've been to Washington, PA, and yeah. Cannonsburg. It's not really much yeah, different than Smithfield. I mean, it's all similar to Morgantown. Yeah. So. Just they have more IROC Zs and Camaros and things yeah. like that up there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you remember about that night, weeknight game? Um, I did, if I'm, when I think back to it, I just remember thinking this is a hell of a matchup. Uh, Pitt's pretty good. You know, they, 
and they're going to want some revenge because we edged them out the year before and really kept them, bumped them down to who knows what kind of bowl because if we ended up in the – Yeah, where'd they end up? Yeah, where'd they go? I yeah. don't even remember. <laughs> so um, I just remember them probably going to try to get some revenge, and they had the weapons, you know. With, mm-hmm. Was Rutherford there? Or yeah, he's le- lefty, Rutherford. So Rutherford was back, and Fitzgerald was back. Yeah, and I – I, I know that going into the game, um, Travis Garvin was was kind of injured, and I had always, you know, I had played some, you know, here and there. I started the first game against Wisconsin, and and then you know it was kind of battling throughout the season for more time, and then you know towards about that time of the year, you know, I was I was really trying, you know, doing everything I could to get back on the field, and you know, uh, TG had a maybe it was an ankle, and on Thursday they were like, "All right, you're getting getting the start." And I was always the fourth wideout, so I played whatever packages that was. Mm-hmm. And th- this was really the first game that I started as the the number one slot, which was like the Y. It was like the number three receiver, which was in pretty much every set. So mm-hmm. it was my first game really playing 60, 70 snaps. Uh, you know, as, as a college football player, so I was you know I was I was amped up for a lot of reasons. Pitt. First, you know, time really playing true, full every play of the game. Primetime television. Primetime television, your arch rival. You know, I, I was I was in a good spot because I was battling, you know, so I was playing really well. I just remember feeling confident going into that game. And, uh, you know, I, I knew going to the game it was going to be, you know, we had, um, you know, the way Quincy was running the ball. I mean, it was – you know, I mean, it was they they had to load the box and play man to man. We kind of knew that. Right uh, now, Tyrone Gilliard was my matchup, so he he was their strong safety. He played at Princeton, and me and him were captains of the North South. We were the South captains together, and we were you know we were close. And I think uh, you know he's he's you know uh, known Quincy forever. And we, I remember the first play of the game. Um, you know, we go out and and we kind of hit each other, and we knew you know probably that we were going to go against each other. And he's like, hey, what's up, John? And I, I don't really – I just was probably nodding my head. I didn't talk a lot in the games. I just played as hard as I could. And the next play, I went out and I, I just took his legs out. Like, I was like, I'm not here <laughs> to have conversations and, and rekindle old memories. Like, we can do that after the game. So I, I took his legs out, cut him. And, uh, you know, it was a run play. There was I just – he didn't know. And so he was kind of looking and I just took his legs completely out. And he was like – that's how it's going to be. And I was like, this is the only way I am. <laughs> you know, this is it. So, I mean, it's, but it's even more intense, intensified. And, you know, our, our friendship is out the door until this game is over. And it was so much fun battling with him. I mean, he got the best of me plenty, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was dominating him, but it was just the, the, I mean, it was, it was intense. Every play, it was like, you know, it was man to man. We weren't throwing the ball a lot. So it was more man to man just blocking, you right. know? So we were just going at it the whole game. And I'm trying to keep him off of Quincy and, I remember we scored on a slip screen to McQuell Henderson and, and, and the place just went crazy. Right. You know, and every time we hit a big play, it was like you, you could feel the momentum just immediately flip. Right. And that was the first game that I remember really feeling that, you know what I mean? In, in, uh, uh, you know, Mountaineer field, I guess, well, maybe Virginia tech that year was another one, but this time I was on the field every play. So it right. felt different. Yeah. I just know, that I remember the first half. I went back and looked at it a little bit today. The first half was kind of back and forth. Yeah. And because we couldn't really do anything with Fitzgerald, he right. was kind of having his way early. And, um, you know, it was we're down a touchdown, second quarter. You know, we've got the ball. And, um, and it was just crazy. I remember being in the up, up in the booth and 
I'm I'm I can I'm literally picturing it in my head when Rashid Rashid hits you down that left side of the field and uh, he perfect throw. I mean, well, I wouldn't say perfect because you had to really lay out and go get it. <laughs> well, but it was a hell of a throw. He barely you know barely got it over the guy, and uh, you made a hell of a catch, man. Well, I would say it was a perfect throw, and I'll tell you why. It was a play, it was a fake slip screen. We had scored on it to McQuell earlier, and I was the guy that always kicked out the corner, and he would come in behind me, and then the lineman would be clearing it out after that. So we had run that with success. We hit it on a touchdown. We had hit it all year, really. So it was one of our best plays. And um, that on the on the timeout, Coach Rod called show, which we we showed the screen, and I would go up the sideline. You know, and, and it was really a one man. There was no other route concept involved in it. But um, so, you know, it, it, because I was so small, you know, I had to find ways to, you know, to get separation. I talk to our players a lot, and any receiver knows that you got to separate at the right time. So, you know, what I was good at was was kind of being able to delay and, and hold my line till the last possible second and either jump and catch it this way or lay out and dive at the last possible second. Cause I, the guy guarding me was Malcolm Postel and he was like six, four, you know what I mean? So, so when Rashid, I thought he was going to back shoulder and slow me down. So I kind of slowed down and got like even with Malcolm. And mm-hmm. I knew that I could separate somehow last second if I just held my line and, and Rashid put air on it, which is what you should do. He put it wide, which is what you should do. So he made a perfect throw and I, I it made it, I made it look way harder because that was the only way I could make the catch. I mean, because I'm smaller. So I just kind of timed it up and laid out, you know, that was my signature. You know, I always made spectacular catches. I had a knack for it. And I think when you're smaller and and not as fast, like you have to find these ways to, to make these plays. And at the end of the day, you make the catch or you don't, doesn't matter how you do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just kind of waited till the last possible second laid out full extension and, uh, I look just like I'd done a million times, you know, in practice and in my head and, uh, you know, felt good coming down with that ball and, and pointing up into my parents sitting in the stands. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really remember a whole lot about it. I remember more of the video when I see it, you mm-hmm. know, I, I do remember, you know, just thinking, holy shit, I caught the ball, you know, like <laughs> I got it, you know, it was, it was clean. And uh, I, I was, you know, I knew I would point up to my parents anytime I caught a touchdown my, where my dad's season tickets were and, after that, it was just kind of a uh, just you know wild. There was people jumping on me and smacking me, and yeah. uh, I remember just how pumped everybody was. That, that, that was probably the best feeling. Is like you can, you know, you really see the love that your team has for you, your coaches. Like I mean, everyone was just so happy that I'd finally, you know, I'd worked so hard to get to this point, and not only was I able to do it, you know, uh, personally, but in that game, in that moment, that we needed it. And it just was like one of those things where just you knew after that it was like it's it's over, you right. know. Like they couldn't stop Quincy. They could, we knew if we could just you know stop them from throwing Larry the ball. I mean, we couldn't double him. But if we could get to the quarterback, you know, we were going to figure out a way to slow them down. I mean, they couldn't just keep throwing it up to him. I, mean, I guess they could. They did, but it yeah. wasn't enough. Yeah, that was definitely the the momentum switch. Yeah, because like you said in the second half, they. Your, the offense just gassed them. Yeah, I mean, you and you knew Quincy was – I mean, he was doing it when they knew – I mean, once they got tired. I mean, he. I think he rushed for 200 yards. I mean, yeah. He dominated that game. Yeah, and I'm trying to think who the backup was that year. Was it Colson? Probably Colson. It was probably KJ or Colson. KJ didn't come to 04. Oh, did he not? Yeah. No, he was there. Was he not? I think he was there in 03. Because I thought he was there in 04 and 05. He started in 05. Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. He was, older, was, he was way older than me. Yeah, Jay. I know Jay started in. Maybe Purnell. 
Um, Jay started against Syracuse that year. It was probably a committee yeah. of guys. You know, KJ was a little still raw from playing baseball, but because I know that I felt like because Avon was it was Avon and Quincy, and then Quincy in a committee, in a committee, yeah, and then. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe KJ was there. I, KJ was there. I think he just – he didn't – he was in that committee. You're right. But he wasn't a guy He was yet. there in 03, 04, 03 and 04 because then everybody was gone in 05. Well, no, Colson. Yeah, and then, yeah, and uh, right. And then, and then Slayton. Slayton. Right. Well, so, KJ you, you went right. for three – what, he rushed for like 340 against ECU? Yeah, it was like 370, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was my senior year. That was like every time he touched it. Yeah, they couldn't do anything with him. Yeah. What was it like um, – obviously, West Virginia goes on to win – um, big win. I mean, because you're still, you know, you've knocked off um, Virginia Tech at home. You've knocked off Pittsburgh at home, and uh, and actually, which was crazy the year before, you knocked Virginia Tech off in Blacksburg mm-hmm. yeah. and Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. So you've you've beat the two big rivalry rival teams two years in a row. Um, and I, I feel like I remember a big celebration uh, in Morgantown that night. Uh, but obviously. What was it like for you as a kid from West Virginia to, to, to get that moment? Obviously, you kind of started talking about, you know, you'd worked so hard being a walk-on and then getting a scholarship and just battling for playing time. And then you get, the, you get the nod and you have that moment that we're sitting here talking about 20 years later. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to, to think about that, that it's still being talked about. But I, I think that for me personally, it was relief. You know, I had so much pressure on myself. I don't. I think probably achieved more than most people thought. But in my mind, I I was destined to make a play. You know, or do something uh, to to help the program. And and it was joy. Just you know that that I helped the team. That we have we were having this incredible season. Uh, that you know me and my teammates. I was able to add value to our season that we were having and and get us to a champion. You know, we shared a championship with Miami, but. Uh, it was just joy and just seeing, you know, them and just the success we were all having together. And it was kind of the, like you said, to do it two years in a row, it was like just turning the tide a little bit. But it it was more, um, there was a lot of pride, you know, from my, my parents and how hard they, you know, how they had supported me and done all this stuff for me and taking me to games growing up and things like that. But it, it was uh, it, it was more about just our team, you know, just being able to add value and, uh, and and really be part of that you know that special season that was what was probably gave me the most pride and joy in, in anything and obviously you know now as the years go by it's like how how incredible the fan base is and people that remember that you know mm-hmm. that that one play uh, but uh, I think I think for me it was just relief personally to like <laughs> okay I did it I thank God I caught that ball yeah you know could have gone a bunch of different ways and then the just the joy of just seeing our team celebrating and how hard we'd work together to get to that point, thinking about Coach Rod's first days there and the tour of duties and the running the hills. And, and you know, that was more what, what's going on in my head that night and that moment was just like, thank, thank God we, you know, we were able to do this and I was able to have a part in it uh, that, I, in, that I'd worked so hard for. Yeah. I know over the years, I mean, you've probably signed that picture how many times? A lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't a, get tired of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great picture too. I mean, the the final fo- the photos. I mean, I, I hope you have one in your house. Yeah, actually, I just I did we, golf tournament. I was, you know, I I always print out a couple pictures of you know a, print, a couple of sign the catch, and then Avon I had a couple pictures of Avon. He signed a couple, so yeah, um, yeah, we got them all around. You know, the the house, and um, you know, it, it's a, it's a cool thing when our our players. You know, now they'll. When a couple of years ago, they would all 
kind of pulled up on YouTube. But now usually there's a guy will have been there for a semester or two and be like, coach, so-and-so show me your catch. Like what? I didn't know that was on YouTube. And and so it's, uh, so it's kind of cool when they'll, they'll get to see it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I would say when you go back as a fan, which I know you're a fan, you know, former player, but you were a fan as well. Um, I, I mean, in Mountaineer history, it's one of the top plays, but definitely one of the – it's probably written about in Antonick's – it has to be in the book, right? The, the right. backyard ball, brawl book. Yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, when you talk about pit, the games against Pittsburgh, final plays, you're talking about McKenzie's kick, Hostetler's run, Abraham's catch, Pennington's catch. I mean, it has to be within the first five. Conver- in the right. Five. And maybe I'm – Maybe I'm missing some maybe early, you know, maybe some 60s plays or something. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, when I think in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, I mean, those, those are the first ones that come to mind, you know. I mean, so. to think about just being mentioned in that is incredible, you know. I mean, like just growing up in Charleston, going to Mountaineer games, just loving the Mountaineers, wanting nothing more than to be in the arena and having that opportunity. And then to be in the discussion is – I mean, I'm I'm – certainly satisfied with that i don't you know however you know to think about you know not being you know uh, being kind of put on the team because of a favor to my coach you know really never thought about ever you know i think people thought i might make the team but no one thought i would ever play or ever do anything and right uh to to go on from that and make one of the most memorable catches in mountaineer field and be a part of the the history of the backyard brawl like i i knew i was gonna do something you know, and right. for it to be that something that we can talk about, you know, for years, forever, and and uh, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. And uh, you know, if you work hard and you you know you, you dedicate yourself to something, you can hopefully do something that lives on for a long time. Yeah. So September first, are you going to try maybe get out of the office a few minutes early and go catch some of the ball game? It's a Thursday night. It sounds like a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I, I should be able to watch that. I, I don't. You know, I'll probably be watching whatever. Mountain East Conference game is on Thursday night right. while watching the WVU Pitt game. Uh, usually I stream the Mountain East game on my TV and, or right. on my computer and watch the Mountaineer game uh, on my on my TV. But it, because it's the Thursday night, I'll definitely be able to watch it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Do you, do you ever think like, man, it's a shame that maybe these, you know, and eventually they'll get back into it because it's going to, I think they just extended the series actually. Really? It was supposed to be four games and now I think it's up to eight. And I figure it's going to continue, yeah. Unless somebody wow gets eight soured. games, I think so. I think they Jeez. just resigned. I thought it was like a one year deal. No, I know for sure it was started at four, yeah. But I think they just extended it again. So that would be awesome. What do you ever think, man? I wish these guys that are playing. Hopefully, somebody could come in and talk to these guys and yeah, give them the speech or give them the you know let them know the significance because man, sometimes I feel like it, do you do you agree? Sometimes. When you're in Morgantown, it's like a bubble, and maybe the, the guys from out of state don't understand the fandom. Oh, and What they're representing? Yeah, it takes a couple of years yeah. for them to really get it, right? And I think there's there's some truth to that. Yeah, I, I definitely wish that. I always talk to, you know, current WVU players that I you know have seen or that I know or, or guys that just came through, and you know, there's not really a rivalry in the in the Big Twelve that you can really hang your hat on. I mean, you can try to force some hatred on somebody, but yeah. I mean, I don't hate Iowa State. I mean, I, I kinda like how they play. But yeah, you know, but uh but the Syracuses and the Pitts and the Boston College and Miami, like, you know, and I guess maybe because I'm an old head now, but you know, just I think the proximity and, and the history 
is mm-hmm. where you create a rivalry. You know, like if you don't have that, how do you, you know, I right. mean, that's what makes it fun. Like I love playing UC. I love, I mean, I, there's things that drive me crazy about Glenville. Like I, you know, there's a little hatred there. There's, there's always those, I mean, we've played Glenville and you know, you see not as long cause they didn't have football for a while, but how long has West Virginia state played Glenville? How long right. has West Virginia state played Wesleyan? I mean, these Fairmont, I mean, these robberies, they're, they're deep, you know, right. there's alumni that come in that then they don't, they don't want anything to do with us, you know, right. you know, losing to one of those teams. And, and I get it, you know, I, I, I love that passion and that, you know, that's what being one thing I, I drives me crazy is when player like any like professional athlete, they're like all oh, fans and how ridiculous they are. And yes, they're they cross the line. But mm-hmm. fan stands for fanatic. Right. Right. You, you, I mean, they're also fanatic when you win and they, they you know, yeah. they do all these other great things and support you. And, you know, and if professional pay your salary held now, they pay your NIL deal. But, you know, right. it, the, what the fans do for the game is also, you know, I mean, there's you got to take the good with the bad if you're. Right. If you're going to take all the good, you have to deal with some of the bad. Yeah, I mean, especially at West Virginia with no pro teams. Right. Um, I mean, people, and you've seen it, and you know, and I'm sure you know a lot of them. People, there are some diehard, diehard. Die. I want our fans to be that way. I want them to be a little, a little. I don't want to say crazy, but you know, like <laughs> right. what? Why? That's what a fan is. They're passionate about their team. Like. Yeah. You know, they're superstitious and they only wear, you know, certain T-shirt when WV. I mean, whatever it is, to me, that's what being a fan's all about. Right. Having passion. So I want to see Mountaineer fans. I'm not, I don't want to say, I mean, I want, might want to see some couches that, you know, that end up. Actually ignite. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe not that, but I guess I, I do, I love the passion. And I think that, you know, I, I don't understand why people bash fans when they're, you know, passionate about their team. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, how it should be. I, I guess nowadays with the social media and and people can cross people cross the line, but yeah, the a majority a majority of the fans are just passionate about Mountaineer football. Yeah, so it's good to see a rivalry come back to Morgantown. Um, something to get me excited. I mean, I, again, I don't get excited when we play Oklahoma. I don't get excited when we play Texas. Right. I, I mean, it's not like this. No, no, this yeah. game. I mean, this game means something. Of course, if anybody's listened to this series, I've already mentioned it. I've got family from the north side of Pittsburgh, and yeah. in the '80s when they would come down here, they were here on weekends when we played Pittsburgh, right? And it would go, and we it would there would be, you know, in family rivalry, rivalry, yeah. And um, that's the so it means it. something, and everybody I'm sure has their story, you know. And you feel that as a player, like you know, I, I know our players that and we have players that know nothing about West Virginia State when they come, the whole state or the university. Right. But then, you know, year two, year three, you know, or they hear these stories about, you know, Glenville and or, you know, Concord in 2018, you know, or whatever, you know. Right. And they so they, you know, they kind of get like, it's like, it just, it, it's contagious. It oozes into you like, yeah, I don't, I don't like these guys either. You yeah. know, like, no, we got to beat these guys. I'm not dealing with, I don't have to talk about losing to these guys next year. Like, no, we better win. I think it means something, too, especially for – I think Coach Brown, I think he'll get it because he understands now it's going to oh, be yeah. about recruiting. Yeah. Um, you know, Winning those Western Pennsylvania battles. Yeah, yeah. winning some of that. Um, one thing that's kind of cool is I've talked to several guys. I talked to Phil Braxton last week. Um, I talked to Bo Orlando. Um, and of course, Mage. All the – do you realize how many West Virginia guys are probably going to be on the sideline? Oh yeah, it's I mean be hard. Mike yeah. Logan, um, 
Chris Edmonds, mm-hmm. who I'm going to have on here soon. Yeah. Uh, talk to him. He's doing well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's good. there's a ton of kids. And now they're adult, not kids, but right. there's a ton of players, former guys that are from Western PA. So this means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, and it reconnects different generations of Mountaineer players and, you know, yeah. Mountaineer fandom and all, all that. I mean, that's to me, that's what it's about. One of the cool things I talked to Steve Slayton about the other night was um, – we were talking about the Sugar Bowl, and I said, you know, you set the rushing record in the in the Sugar Bowl, and I think it still stands. I said, what was great to me was it was Tony Dorsett's record, and he was a pick was, guy. Yeah. So that's what it meant. It meant a lot <laughs> when they said he beat Tony Dorsett's record. I was like, yes, yes. like the pick guy out of there. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's crazy to think the rivalry, and I think. Um, I think, man, could you? I think they're going to have thirty thousand West Virginia fans up there that night. But at back oh, is it at Pitt? It's at Pitt. Okay. So next year, when it comes is it back Hines to Morgantown, Pitt have their own field. No, oh, they okay. still play in Hines. Gotcha. So when they come back to Morgantown, yeah, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. Well, John, man, I appreciate you coming down and and sharing those memories and talking about the backyard brawl. I know it means a lot to you. And um, you know you've you've got your moment your 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 page in the book right and there literally is a book so if you <laughs> for you fans out there you can look it up I think it's just called the backyard brawl we've got Johnny a couple Tonic. different books I don't know if we have that one but um, you know there's it's in there it has to be in there if it's not they definitely need to update that book <laughs> but I appreciate you coming down man and coming to see us and um, we, of course we wish you nothing but the best of luck this football this fall. Um, you know, because what I guess during the COVID year, you guys did you guys move to spring? That we had year? a spring season, yeah. Yeah, and that so was, getting getting back to normal. Oh yeah, and it you know I, I love just it's been fun rapping with you because I, I I don't get I mean I do talk you know Mountaineer football a, a little bit, but I, I mean I'm just so it's all West Virginia State and it's right. all my family and uh, so coming on here is like the you know it's a, probably the most I get conversations I get to have about some of those memories and, and uh, obviously what's going on like currently, mm-hmm. you know, don't get to do it. Oh, I think you'll start getting some phone calls. <laughs> yeah. the, the Herzl's and the Ryan Pritz of the world. The, I don't know if you know Ryan or not from the Gazette. Yeah. But the, those guys will start calling you. I think as it gets closer, they'll start. Oh yeah. Well, know. that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I tell you what, anyone that, uh, if, you, if you ever see me and you want to, you want me to sign the catch. I mean, I love reliving that memory. That's one of the best days of nights of my life and worked hard to get there. And it's so much fun, you know, when you see someone that remembers it and they share where they were when you made that catch and how you, it was a special moment in, uh, in their life, you know, in their memory. And I mean, to me, that is just so such a cool thing. So I, you know, you're never bothering me if you bring up the catch. You know? That's good. Everybody, yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you have your moment. So not everybody has that, man. Yeah, so yeah. that's a big deal. Quincy has the run. I've got the catch. Yeah. If you got a the yeah. behind something, you know, you know you did something right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate yeah. you coming down. Good you talking. You too, Anthony. Yep. Hey, we'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Hey, guys. It's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're going to be a dad? What? No. It's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. <laughs> You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers. Size exclusions apply. Delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app. Fees may apply.
It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code Let's Go for 20% off WVU apparel at bestmastertailor.com. Welcome, stranger. What's up, guys? This is Anthony Beck, former WVU tight end, and you're listening to the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. I'm Anthony Lewis, and joining us on the telephone from the Northern Panhandle, I believe, is Mr. Zach Abraham. Zach, how are you doing, my friend? Good, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm all right. Are you are you in Wheeling today? Or are you on the road? What's where are you at today? Yeah, well, th- today I'm in Wheeling. Yep, I'm uh, I'm in I'm in my home uh, home office, just doing some work, getting caught up on some things. But yeah, so yeah, we had a lot of travel earlier in the in the month, but um, so so far it's settled down a little bit. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk to us and and catch up. I know we had you on a couple of seasons ago, early in the touchdown city show history, but, um, with the summer series, it wouldn't have been a complete summer series if we didn't talk to you about the backyard brawl. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm glad it's finally coming back and I'm excited for the game on the first. Yeah. So whenever, you know, as a, as a mountaineer, when someone says backyard brawl, what's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I remember Coach Nealon uh, every every pit game or leading up to the pit game. He talked about the the the, uh, the lion in the well, and uh, it was basically just a, a metaphor for uh, basically how hard he wanted us to play uh, when it came to that game. And he'd always start off by saying, "Hey, there was this lion, this this lion in this well, and it was a pit panther, and uh, the Mountaineers were on top, and they just kept." knocking the knocking the pit panther the pit panther was trying to get out of the well and the mountaineer just keep banging the hanging the pit panther down in the bottom of the well and just that's basically it was just wanting us to play hard and every every, every play was going to be a battle and um you know it was just uh and again that that rivalry took place many many years before you know we arrived on the scene but um you know it's and unfortunately it's it's quelled a little bit but i think with this this new game coming up, the back-to-back series in the next couple of years. I hopefully it continues. But um, anyway, that's that's one of my fondest memories. Is Coach Neal would get so excited about telling that story, and um, you know, and that was just a you know just a reminder for how hard we needed to play because you never know which way that game was going to go. So absolutely, as a West Virginia kid and as a Mountaineer, what is it? What does it? This game mean to you? <clears throat> well, it means a lot for me because it, it uh, you know obviously uh, I've played in them and. Um, it, 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 uh, it's always been in the, um, the history uh, of West Virginia football, right? Like us and Pitt and Penn state. And, um, you know, it's just, it, I'm so close to it because I'm only about 50 miles Southwest of Pittsburgh. So it's even a little bit more close to me because I, there's a lot more Pitt fans up here, <laughs> not yeah. in West Virginia, but just right across the border. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I, we bump into people all the time, like, Oh, I'm a pit fan. Oh, where'd you go to school? Western. You, oh, you know, and it starts, you know, the whole back and forth. <laughs> um, most of them, cord- most of them cordial, of course, but, um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's just, 
goes back to our heritage, right? I mean, I think that, you know, if I look at it, West Virginia are hard-nosed people, they're hard workers, they've got great values. Pittsburgh, you know, Steel City, hard-nosed. So if, I, if you look at the commonalities around our peoples, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unique because we both come out of these really tough, um, family-oriented, you know, cultures, and I think that's what created a lot of the rivalry, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, obviously, the steel culture. There's a lot of steel yep. and Wheeling and Weirton, and and there's a lot of – it's basically a blue-collar uh, rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree that's with right. you 100% with that. <clears throat> what? And you got, and you, got the coal, you got the coal mines, you got timber, you got all kinds of, you know – you know, those are, those are tough industries too. You know I mean? So you have this toughness. I think it's a battle of toughness is really what it came down to. What do you remember as a, as a child? I mean, obviously you, you, what do you remember about it before you got to campus and, and growing up? Do you remember, have any memories of, of, as a, as a child? Um, some, um, you know, you always heard about the West Virginia pit game and you try to catch it on TV once in a while. If you were lucky enough, you had a TV, you know, in your house. I grew up on a farm. So we had like three channels. You had to turn the, the rabbit ears, like so many directions to get maybe a little less fuzz out of the picture. Right. Uh, but I remember watching some of those games and being excited about, Oh wow. Someday, you know, maybe I can play for them or play in that game or, you know, so it was always one of those things. And same thing with Penn state and others, but Pitt was, you know, particularly, uh, of interest because it was so close, you know, and, and again, that proximity to Wheeling and my hometown, uh, was a little bit more, you know, we had a little bit more rivalry because we we're so we're we're so close. So, who was the when when you think back to the series and the games that you played in? Um, who was one guy from the from the pit side that really stands out in your memory as being a trash talker or just somebody that was that really just stands out as far as competing against them or even maybe talking trash? Well, um, I, you know, it was kind of funny. We had actually, uh, when we played in our 1994 game, there were several folks from the High Valley that played on West Virginia teams or Valley teams that I played against. So one of them was Kurt McGee. He was an All-Stater. I think he might have been up for the Player of the Year Award in West Virginia, a great athlete. Uh, he played linebacker as a freshman. Uh, I think I was that was my senior year. Yeah, he was a freshman or sophomore. I can't remember which, but you know, it was fun to play, compete against, you know, guys like him and Billy West and, you know, some really good premier athletes around here that went to pit. And so that was probably one of the, my, some of my fondest memories is that, you know, you're playing against guys that, you know, were younger than you, but from the Valley. And, um, you know, that was very rare, you know, cause a lot of other local kids didn't have opportunities to go play a D one, uh, around here. Some did, but not, not a tremendous amount. And so that was, those are some of my fondest memories about playing against guys that for, from my hometown or around or the high Valley. But I would say that, that, um, in that particular game, I just remember a guy, he was just really fast. I really not too much trash talking really. At least I kind of tuned it out. <laughs> I, kind of, I usually didn't engage in it too much. Mm-hmm. I just usually kind of try to tune it out because it helped me focus on the game. Um, but one of the ones that, uh, in that particular game that st- stood out to me was Dietrich gels and Dietrich, uh, I didn't know him, uh, obviously as a player, but I remember watching him and playing against him and he was, he was a speedster and he would just, he was the one that brought Pitt back uh, during our game, my senior year up at Pitt stadium. And he would just fly. I mean, our DBs were great. I mean, they were just great. So that just tells you how athletic this guy was in getting behind uh, our defensive backs and our safeties, but he just was catching the ball and he was running past our guys. It was just a, 
crazy, crazy to witness. And uh, I was in awe because we played the same position. Because, you know, he was just so fast. And uh, anyway, he was one of the guys that stuck out in particular to me that game. Do you remember what your overall record against Pitt was? I know, I'm trying to think, you were a senior in 94. Did you redshirt a season? Um, not, no, well, no, not really, uh, because I didn't, I didn't walk on until the spring of my freshman year. So okay. I didn't really have the opportunity to redshirt, but, um, so I, uh, see my junior year for sure. Yeah. Uh, my senior year. Yes. Uh, I think, I think we might've been three and one or two and two. Okay. So at least 500. Yeah against them at least 500 for sure yeah i would have to look that up i'll try to do that when we jump off the phone because i remember in 93 obviously the regular season was an undefeated year and that game was yeah. played in morgantown but let's go ahead and, and move to 1994 and you talk about a game that's always when you talk about the rivalry right so anything can happen in this game and, and i think this is the poster child the 94 pick game for anything can happen in this game. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. You, you name it, everything happened in that game and you're, you, you know, you do your pregame, you know, you do your pre-week uh, review scouting uh, of the team. And, you know, we weren't, we weren't having a real successful year at that, at that juncture. Although we just came off a win in Missouri. I think that was that game or maybe in the game after, but the pit game was pretty pivotal in turning our season around um and it was uh you know it was one of those things where i think they were having a mediocre season too and we you know we had just come off our undefeated season we got shellacked by nebraska and the kickoff classic um you know early up in the meadowlands uh for the first game of the year my senior year that same year so we were a little bit under but i tell you what the the resiliency of our team really showed that game i mean you know we could there could have been a number of different times we were way up the first half and they came back and stormed back and were competing and that's why you just never know about that pit west virginia game it doesn't matter what your record is i mean you could one could be undefeated one could be have no wins and it's still going to be a fight to the death and that's the way it felt in that game it just came down to we were on the winning side of that particular game and uh but it was it you know it's so neat to be in that intense environment because you know I'm a, I'm a competitor and I like to win. Um, and you know, those guys did too. And so they showed a lot of resiliency as well. But at the end of the day, that game was, uh, known for, uh, lots of things, but, uh, in particular, the things that never happened in games, like for instance, Matt Tafoni, I remember him getting an interception on defense and Pitt was going in for a two point conversion. Matt intercepts it, runs it back to our end zone. So we get a two point conversion. Like I've never, ever seen that except in that game. Right. I don't know about you, but I've never seen that. Um, you know, we had block punts on both sides for touchdowns. <laughs> we had kickoff returns. We had um, blocked field goals for, you know, uh, you know, returns. I mean, it was just anything we had, pick we had pick sixes we've had i mean we had everything you can imagine that game happened that is you know you you don't normally see in a regular game so it was it was pretty fun that when you sit back and look at it uh it was pretty 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 unique from that perspective yeah i went back today and tried to watch a little bit of it this morning before we we got on the phone and at one point west virginia was up 31 to 6 i believe and that's right and and it prob and it when I was kind of watching it, it seemed like one of those things like, oh, this thing's over. Let's go ahead and just run the clock. And then, like you said, 
all these crazy things started happening. The, 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 the block punts and the kickoff returns and that, you know, the momentum just shifted the other way and it turned into basically uh, getting into survival mode. Um, what do you remember as the time, as the momentum shifted, what do you remember about being on that, on the West Virginia sideline? Well, what I remember, I, I don't know. I had this, I had this feeling of hope for, for some, whatever reason, like, you, you know, we usually when momentum swings like that, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, what's going on. And, you, and it, it wasn't any, it wasn't anywhere to blame. I mean, the second half, the offense was just as much to blame for no, um, no productivity as it was for the defense not being able to stop them. You know what I mean? It was one of those things you're like, oh, my gosh, it's just like, when's this going to stop? And I just remember, like, there was some heads hanging. There were some people that were like, hey, listen, we got this. Let's let's keep focused. And I, I don't know. I felt I felt a little bit of feeling of hope. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I just felt like, hey, we're not done here yet. You know what I mean? It seemed like it was insurmountable. But in reality, we had lots of time. We only needed a field goal to win. And, um you know, sometimes people fail to remember that, but, you know, we only needed a field goal, but we, you know, we scored that last touchdown and kind of sealed the deal because then we eliminated their opportunity to get a field goal and go ahead of us one last time. So, um, and clock in our favor, but, uh, yeah, so it was, I think that there was a little bit of despair because, you know, we were having such a down season. Um, but there were certain elements of hope, uh, on the sidelines too. In particular, I remember our coaches being like, Hey, let's go. We got another, we got whatever, you know, minute 56 or whatever we got, we got time. <laughs> the way that game was going, anything could happen. So I think that's probably what gave me a little hope is that like, Hey, maybe we can have one more momentum switch. Right. And, uh, as it ends up, that's, that's kind of what happened. So I thought it was interesting as I watched today that West or, you know, Pitt gets the ball back and they drive down the field and they score and go for two to take the lead. Johnny majors. Wasn't gonna, he, he was trying, he was going for the jugular there. Oh yeah. And, and again, Smart play, smart move. It was a good move. The quarterback did his thing, and I think he—I think it was a quarterback—was able to to reach over. I think it was Ryan. We was able to reach over, and we, I think we might, we almost stopped him, and he just stretched the ball out across the goal line. I was like, oh, because I was—I remember watching it like on the field. I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And then you just had to kind of refocus and say, okay, it's our turn now, and uh, you know, and we just uh, the play was really after the kickoff. It was like, okay, we're just going to run four verticals and. And uh, so we had all four receivers just head down the field, get open, and that's uh, that was our play call for the next four, three or four plays until we scored. So anyway, because yeah. they're in a prevent, and so we were just trying to get in some open pockets, and um, and Chad scrambled, a, you know, at least one time, and then he scrambled the second time, and that's when their defense was kind of set up and stopped for just a second because again we just needed that field goal, and we had Todd Salvern at the time, so I mean he could kick it a mile. And, um, you know, there was a little bit of fear of that, I think, too. Like, you know, all we got to do is get it, like, within the, I don't know, R45, maybe, maybe, and it gave us a shot. So, right. um, anyway, we were pretty close to that. <laughs> I, don't think anybody, I don't think anybody expected Chad to throw it <laughs> so, yeah. to me. Yeah, and so, that, that was probably a little bit of a shock. But. Yeah, because what it kind of set that up, the, the final touchdown, was obviously, uh, I believe, on second down, Chad, the, the the pocket collapses, and he ran for 10, 15 yeah. yards. So on the play you yeah. score, I mean, you can tell it. I mean, um, the the pocket kind of collapses again. He steps up in the pocket. And, and talk about what your defensive guy did and how you kind of got, got the jump on him. 
Yeah. So um, again, they were playing in a, a you know, a, a, pr- a traditional uh, prevent defense. I mean, all the, all the corners were back off. They were back off 15, 20 yards, whatever. You got your two free safeties over top, you know, just trying to, for support, but left, you know, left a lot of the middle open of the field because all they had was the linebackers and they were keying on the, the running backs and, and the, and the quarterback, of course. And so there was a lot of open spaces. So um, when Chad, you're right, you set that up perfectly. Chad scrambled that first, first time and picked up some good yardage and they were like, Oh my gosh. So I think it, it shortened the field one. Um, and then two, uh, it, it also allowed for when he did it the second time, the time when he threw the ball to me, what happened was, the cornerback on my side of the field, he just hesitated just for a moment. And I can remember, like, I can remember seeing him just kind of stop. And I'm like, uh-oh, I think, like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm going through my mind quickly about how this is going. And I'm like, oh, there's the opening. You know what I mean? And I just kept running. And the next thing I know, I look back and the ball's in the air. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then I was, at that point, I was like, just don't drop it. Just don't drop it. <laughs> so... Anyway, but yeah, it set it up nicely. But all he had to do was pause. And once, you, you know, from a, a receiver defensive back perspective, the free safety couldn't come over and cover that much ground um, when the ball was already in the air. And, um, you know, once you get even with the cornerback, they're, they're beat. And so I knew at that point in time when I got even with him, you know, I, we were either going to pick up a lot of yardage um, if I made the catch or I was going to score one of the two. So either way, we were in a good position. So as long as I caught the ball, which I did. Well, thankfully you caught it and thankfully you scored because obviously right. West Virginia, you know, obviously prevails that day. And really, like you mentioned earlier, it kind of turned the season around because if I remember correctly, in 94, uh, things were not going that well. And um, we ended up winning several of the last games on the back end and, you know, making it to a bowl game. But that, that season could have spiraled out of control had had that game become a loss. Yeah, we were, we were, um, I can't remember if we were one and four, I think we were one and four and, uh, it was, it was that game along with the Missouri game. We kind of had a couple quick wins. We won the last five of our six games, I think on the back end. And, um, it put us, I think we ended up being seven and five and we got into the CarQuest Bowl that year. So, yeah. As a West Virginia guy, and, and we've talked about this before, but I'd like to hear, hear it again is as a West Virginia guy, and especially, um, you know, your story with, with walking on and having your moment, you know, what is it here? We are 20, almost 30 years later. Um, what is it like for you when you are able to talk about it or to know, or even think about it? Cause it's coming up again for the pit game, but you've had your moment. You're in that, you're in the backyard brawl book that John Antonic released. I mean, there's the photos of you. And when you talk pit, it's one of the first things out of people's mouth. I mean, what's it like for you to, to have your moment in that game? Yeah. I mean, at the time, um, you know, you, you look at it as a good win and you don't really think about, at least I didn't think about like, you know, I, I knew it was a good game. Like I had a really good game. My, my co-receiver had a really good game or Sean Vanderpool. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that had a lot of good games or a good game that game. Um, and, you know, I knew, you know, you just know when you're, you know, when you're competing, you're like, okay, that was a great, that was a good game. I didn't want, we got the outcome we wanted, but we almost blew it. But, you know, looking back at it, I was at that time, you know, you don't really think about it. Your, your next, your next thing is you're looking ahead to the next game. I mean, that's, that's kind of how focused and how the coaching staff had us focused. I mean, we, we enjoyed it for a day or two and then it was back to business and we had the next game coming up. 
So it, I don't really think um, it really hit me until, you know, quite some time after I had left uh, for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different people recognizing it and stuff. And I'll never forget uh, our quarterback's coach, uh, Coach Dan Simmerl, um, said to me after that week, he's like, well, Zach, he said, you'll be known for that catch for the rest of your life. And I said, I said, coach, well, that, that's, that'd be nice. I said, but this is the exact thing I said to him. I said, what about my other 50 or 60 catches that I had? <laughs> he's like, he's like, it won't matter, Zach. He said, that's the only one that matters. And I, and, and, and he, to this day is so, was so right. He's like, cause I mean, there's been a number, I can't even go through all the stories, but there's been so many people that over the time, over the course of time have said, Hey, you know, I'd meet them or something like, Hey, did you play football? And I'm like, and this is 15, 20, even now, you know, people remember that, that play and remember that game and, and even people from the pit side. So my son plays in a hockey on a hockey team in Pittsburgh. And so there's lots of pits fans. And so I don't ever talk about, you know, my football career and that kind of stuff. I just let it come up naturally. Like I just, that's just my style. I don't mm-hmm. bring it up. But then when people find it out, they're like, that was you. <laughs> and they'll they'll like start remembering the game like I was so mad at you or so mad at your team or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, here we go, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, yeah, so it's it's just uh, so I think that over time, um, you know, it's been a little surreal for me because uh, how people truly are diehard fans. I mean, that just goes to show you, you know how and they remember all kinds of plays, like not just mine, but they remember all kinds of plays that happened. With I can remember, you know. Steve, um, Steve White plays, and I remember Steve Slayton plays, and I remember, you know, um, all, you know, uh, all these guys that have made wonderful plays offensively and defensively over the years. I'm like, yes, I remember that play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just really nice that you know I was able to do that. It was a, you know, almost a dream come true, and it was built on a lot of, a lot of hard work. And uh, you know, they, those things don't necessarily come easily. And I would say that. You know, if, if somebody were to walk in my shoes from the very beginning of my experience there, they'd be like, I don't know about this. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it was, uh, it, it worked out, worked out okay. So. Well, the good news is the Backyard Brawl is back uh, September 1st. Do you have any big plans for that day? You're going to watch at home? Are you going to go to the game? Yeah, we've been back and forth about it. Um, I think uh, we were going to go as a family, and then I think maybe we're just, my wife and I might just, use it as like a date night. Um, so we're still working those details out, but yeah, my hope is to be there at the game. Um, and, to you know, just experience it again. And since it's so, you know, so close, um, and, um, just, just have a good time with it and, you know, enjoy the, it's going to be, it should be very competitive. I think, uh, you know, from what I've been hearing, I think we should be fairly good. We've got a lot of good transfers in and, you know, hopefully that, uh, that holds true. And I know Pitt's going to be fairly decent. They've, they were turning a lot of guys. Plus, they got some of these quarterbacks that, that were playing in the bowl game last year that were surprisingly good too. So, I think it's going to be a shootout again. Yeah, I I, I tell you, and just my personal perspective is, uh, I'm I'm glad it's back. You know, I, I've never really been really excited about Big Twelve play. Um, you know, it's fun to play Texas and Oklahoma, but to really get me going, if if you see Syracuse, Pitt. Penn State, Boston College on the schedule. Um, that gets me going, and I'm glad Pitt's back on the schedule. And I'm sure a lot of the of you guys are as well. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you throw Maryland in there, Virginia Tech. I mean, those are all border state rivalries that, you know, in some way level, level you know, we have those. And that was good to see Virginia Tech a couple of years ago. It was a couple of years ago? Yeah. Um, you know, but, but nothing like Pitt, um, the Pitt game for sure. So, yeah, I, I – 
I, I concur with your comment there, Anthony. I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see it come back and I hope, hope it sticks past these, these two years. So. Absolutely. Well, Zach, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to, to, to jump on the phone and relive that memory. Um, I'm sure the closer it gets, I'm sure you're going to hear some, from some more reporters, some of the, especially some of the older reporters that remember a lot about the, the rivalry, but, um, we appreciate you coming on to the Touchdown City Show and uh, and reliving that with us. Well, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a privilege to, to speak with you today, so thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, man. I'll, I'll be in touch. Um, I'm actually going to text you some information. I think Aaron Beasley is trying to get some of the guys together maybe the day before or something. There's some They've got something in the works. I'll text you his phone number. I don't know if you have it or yeah. not. But I'll send yeah, I think that I do have I think I have Beasley's cell phone. It's the same one. I don't know. Um yeah, I've got his. I think I got Mike Logan's, maybe too. So yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I think they're trying to get something going, so I, I'm sure it'll be a a great reunion for you guys. So uh, I'm gonna cut you loose, but I appreciate you coming on. Yep, thank you, Anthony. All Take right. care. Have a good Thank, day. Thanks a lot, Zach. Yep. See ya. Zach Abraham, there. Uh, obviously, you know, a great story. Both of these guys, John Pennington, who you heard earlier in the show, and Zach Abraham, there. Uh, have similar stories. West Virginia kids, they walk onto the program, but what is awesome about their story and their journey is they both had their moment in the backyard brawl. And um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to download this week's show and listen to those stories. And um, obviously, we're just days away. We're getting closer to the West Virginia pit game. And uh, so far, this summer series has been a lot of fun. We've had some great stories on. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode... Please swing over to our um, over to your favorite platform and leave us a review and make sure you hit subscribe to, to the Touchdown City Show. And uh, I'm Anthony Lewis, and I want to give you a quick reminder: if you're looking for a great place to stay in Morgantown, check out Murph Landing, and you it's a a beautiful two bedroom, one bathroom cottage style home, walking distance to the football stadium. And you can check that out, and it's available for rentals at mountaineerfieldhouse.com. Again, I'm Anthony Lewis. Thanks for downloading the Touchdown City Show, and we'll see you again real soon. The Touchdown City Podcast is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City Podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.